Today we wrap up our discussion of Philippians 2, 12-13, which says, We must carry out the Christian life with fear and trembling because of the fact that it is God who's working in us. And we're going to look at this question. If it's God who does the work, does that mean it's guaranteed to get done, regardless of what you do? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. There are a lot of things that God does that absolutely cannot be resisted. I mean, they're going to happen. For example, the second coming. Jesus Christ is going to come back and judge the living and the dead. That's going to happen. Every human being, an angel and demon, could rebel against that and resist that with all our might, and it wouldn't matter a hill of beans. It would, it's going to happen. Everything that God has decreed, everything that God has prophesied is absolutely going to happen. So, so there are things like that, that that can't be changed. But when it comes to working in our hearts... There are cases where God puts a certain amount of control into your hands so that a human being actually can resist what God is doing. That's not to mean he gives up his total sovereign control because he still uses your, even your resistance for his purposes, but, but still, he allows us to resist what he's doing in our hearts in certain cases. Um, you see this several times in Scripture, Acts 7.51. You stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Um, Ezekiel 24:13. God says, I tried to cleanse you, but you would not be cleansed from your impurity. Therefore, you'll not be clean. God says, I tried, but you wouldn't do it. So it's not going to happen. Same thing in Matthew 23, 37. Jesus said it. How often I have longed to gather your children together, but you were not willing. So, obviously, it's, imp- it's, possible, to, it's, it's possible to resist what God is doing in your heart. Otherwise, we'd never sin. Right? Because God, God's never pushing you in the direction of sin, ever. And so if, if the very fact that we sin proves, yes, we can resist. If God's working in me and I still sin, obviously it's possible for me to resist. It's possible for me to cooperate with that work and it's possible for me to um, resist that work. And that's why Paul is telling us here, proceed with fear and trembling. Typically, you wouldn't even... You wouldn't even touch a masterpiece. You would never even want to mess with a masterpiece. If, if Rembrandt or Picasso or somebody, uh, they, just, they, just, they just made a painting and, and, and the paint is still wet, you're not going to walk up and start like touching it up, right? You're just like, that's, that's a masterpiece. But when the master puts the brush in your hand and gives you instructions on to touch-ups he wants done, you better listen, follow those instructions really carefully, you don't want to mess that thing up. And how do you do that? How do, you, how do we take it seriously? How do we take our salvation, our obedience seriously? By willing and acting, right? Because that's what he's working to do. He's, willing, he's working in you to will and act. So if he's working hard to get me to will and to act, then if I don't will and act, I don't desire the right things, I don't choose the right things, I don't do the right things, then I'm resisting what he's doing. And if I do desire and choose and do the right things, then I'm cooperating with him. And that's why, that's, that's again why quietism doesn't work because, because there's the acting that comes from the willing. Right? It's not just work in you to will, it's work in you to will and to act. And, and so the New Testament is loaded with hundreds and hundreds of commands, imperatives. You must do this. 
And if God were trying to teach us to back off and to not work, I don't know why he would give us hundreds of commands. It seems like a strange way to teach us not to work. We need to put forth, and not only are we commanded to do things, but we're commanded to put forth strenuous effort in doing them. Uh, There's a word that is used 11 times in the New Testament that means make every effort. Spudazo is the word. It means to put forth a concerted effort and to work hard. The very existence of that word in the New Testament, I think, is proof that we need to be active, not passive. Few examples of that word, Ephesians 4 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. 2 Timothy 2 15, make every effort to present yourself to God as one approved. Um, look at this one, Hebrews 4 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest. Therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest. <laughs> Even rest, effort to get there. 2 Peter 3 14, make every effort to be found spotless. Christian life is a strenuous effort, and without that effort, we actually become ineffective and unproductive. That's Second uh, Peter one five. Another place you see this word: make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self, self control, and so on. For if you possess these in qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. See, Jesus took hold of you for a reason, and he wants you to strive toward that same reason, that same goal. That's just turn over to chapter 3, Philippians 3, 12. Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The reason he grabbed hold of me, I want to grab hold of that. And so I'm pressing on. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, run in such a way as to win the prize. Hebrews 6, 12, we don't want you to become lazy. So what's the What's the key? To overcoming sin and making spiritual progress? Do I just white-knuckle it in my own strength and my own wisdom and my own efforts and my own ideas? No, no. Do I take the other side and just stop striving and start trusting and just just hope gratitude carries me over the finish line somehow? No. The way to do it is to work and to labor and to strive, not, not to transform yourself, not to just modify your behavior, but to work and labor to strive to draw near to Christ and understand what he's doing in you so that you can cooperate with what he's doing and not torpedo the effort, not, not resist it, not sabotage it. Because anytime you're working with Christ, and here's where it's not burdensome. You know, it feels overwhelming, all these commands, all this stuff we're supposed to do. Like, oh, I can't do it. But if we understand that as, as long as I'm striving to draw near to Christ, then that's where I tap in to his power. Because now I'm working with him. And me and him can do a lot right? because of the him part. <laughs> right? You tap into divine power, that's when you'll have success. And then that's when your success will glorify him instead of glorifying you. We'll pick it up next time with more on that. Let's pray. Father, just make it so. Teach us to obey. Teach us to be able to see and understand what you're doing. Lord, we know it's not, it's not a simplistic answer. It's not just one quick little fix. Oh, I can overcome sin if I just do this one little thing. We want that. We like the, we like the microwave answers, the quick overnight things. Uh, we want to zap and be done with it. But we know, Lord, that you gave us a whole Bible full of instruction 
on what it means to draw near to you, how to take advantage of spiritual um, uh, provisions, how to, how to fight against the flesh, how to depose idols, how to uh, all these different principles in Scripture. Um, but all of it, Lord, the reason we're doing it is because we want to be at your side working at the same thing you're working at so that we can have access to your glorious power. Try to name five or six things in your life God has brought about and that are bringing him pleasure. Pause the podcast so you can think of them. And for each one, thank God for doing that in you. Now, think of a recent example of a feeling, impulse, desire, or activity in your life that came from God. It's a work of God in you that he wants you to cooperate with and not resist. Again, hit pause and think that over. Finally, of all the spiritual pursuits in your life, which one is most in need of harder work? An area that you need to take more seriously with more fear and trembling. Father, forgive me for laziness in that area. Forgive me for being lackadaisical about something you have made very clear is important. There are a lot of things going on in my life. I can't just put all my energy into this thing. And I don't want to shift so much energy to it that I end up neglecting something that's also important. Continue your work in my will so that my desires will guide me on how much time to spend to put into each of the areas of my walk with you. I pray that you, the God of peace, will sanctify me through and through. May my whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that you who call me are faithful, and you will do it. Make me and my family and friends zealous in our cooperation with what you're doing. Save us, for we are yours. We have sought out your precepts. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And it is you who made them sweet to me, Lord. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. And it's your spirit who worked that hatred in me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.